Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is September 2nd, 2020. So I'm actually in another place. Um, sorry for the delay. We will. I will give you the news. I was supposed to have, well, there were supposed to be a few people on here with me today, but they couldn't. And I'm about consistency. So um, we're working on something so incredible and dangerous. I mean, Shadow Gate gave you the blueprint of what is happening, and and that was the point of it. Uh, so we've been busy all morning. Um, many people uh, together, all in one. One organized camp, and that's Camp America. Uh, it's um, it's been a very interesting morning. Uh, so um, let's start with today's news, so that way we can um, get a feeling of what's really going on uh, in our um. Wow, it's just. It's pretty insane um, what we are seeing. Yes. Okay. Nope. Deny. Sorry, this isn't even my computer, so. Um, just, okay. Allow. I guess. I'm trying to capture something. Okay. Remember. Hmm. It won't let me. So it'll just have to be audio, you guys. That's fine, too. Um, you know, we're setting up a skiff. Uh, if we had it all together, I would have had more people on. Um, I don't know. They might pop in. Who knows? But this isn't my setup. So let's get going with something of interest. See? I wanted to talk about businesses. So we talk a lot about these small businesses and how difficult it is for them to um, gain um, capitals, sell, survive through this COVID. Well, here we go. Take a listen to this and let's discuss this. Former CEO of Toys R Us and Hudson's Bay Company, former vice chairman of Target, now CEO of Storch Advisors, Jerry Storch. Jerry, great to see you. There is revival in, in retail, and it looks like Macy's is finally figuring out how to do online, certainly better than in the past. Well, online is thriving overall for everybody. So they were up uh, 53% online, but they were still down 35% in sales overall for the quarter, including that 53% gain online. You saw triple-digit gains at Target and Walmart and Amazon, which is a, the monster online, the dominant one, was up 43% in the U.S. online. So online is thriving for everyone. Macy's, uh, you know, kudos to them for beating their expectations, but expectations were pretty darn low 
I mean, the stock was down 59% year to date going into today. So they're up 5%, maybe a little back, but still be uh, down over half for the year. It's a long struggle ahead for them. Mitch Rochelle, jump in. Yeah, I guess my question deals with the the brick and mortar uh, dinosaurs that are out there and what becomes of them. Um, Because, you know, I was in Michigan recently dropping my son off at college and I drove by a mall where two of the four anchors were out of business. So what's the near term and long term plan for that? And is there a way to harmonize e-commerce and the old brick and mortar in any way that uh, makes some sense? Well, there's massive disruption that's going to take place in bricks and mortar retail. But First of all, there's plenty of winners. Most of them are not in the mall, however. So you have Target, Costco, uh, Walmart, of course, monster winner in this. Uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, even Tractor Supply or Dollar General. So tons of winners, plenty of of success in bricks and mortar retailing. But you still have so many losers, as you point out, particularly mall-based players, department stores, apparel players. There's probably two to three times the retail square footage in the U.S. that we need. Some of that's in malls. Maybe it's not even in malls. And a lot of that has just got to close. So what the pandemic has done is accelerate that as the you know physical players haven't had the traffic that they need. And so so we're going to see a lot of those stores simply go dark. Those malls will be redeveloped. Some of the property is still great. Uh, often what happened was the mall went in first and then the housing and then the other retail. Mm-hmm. So those areas are fantastic. They'll become more mixed-use developments with apartments and uh you know, uh, I don't know how much offices, uh, offices are going to be going, but offices, uh, places that get, uh, you know, medical care, other things will happen in those spaces. So uh, this is this is the most atrocious thing ever. A lot of people believe that um, uh, these on these retailers have, uh, you know, accidentally or as a cause of COVID have shortages and inability to have products and that they need to shut down. This is a faux, this is a lie, this is a faux, uh, you know, crisis because all of them choose not to have product. Truckers are still working, trains are still working, transport is still working. So why is it that when I went to Best Buy to replace my, you know, Xbox uh, remote, they're all out? Why is it in small box stores? Mom and pop stores were getting it, but these big retailers were not. They were directing you to go online and obtain what you you need online because they want to phase out jobs. They want to take you into that digital age. And for some reason, people believe that this COVID was simply just to steal the elections. It was also created in order to take away from jobs. Remember Andrew Yang, how I said, oh, that Andrew Yang, he's just way too early with his bright ideas, right? And he wants everyone to be deployed into the next century very quickly and with no actual thought of the middle class and their jobs and their bread and butter. So this is all fake. These panics of, will Macy's survive? Will, um, will, uh, you know, Toys R Us survive? Will GameStop survive? Will Best Buy survive? Of course they will. They're creating a shortage. This is another feature of the shadow net being deployed. Why? To control how people 
can have access to things. They want to put you in a box. They want to be able to track everything you purchase, everything you do, and have full control. Remember Andrew Yang's stimulus. <laughs> you think that's far? It's right here. Listen to this analysis where they're talking about Walmart versus Amazon. Can you see it now? Do you need to see a broad repricing of rents, though? That would hurt commercial real estate companies. But in order for these retailers, at least some of them, to exist, Jerry, restaurants, they can't make a go of it with rents where they are in many of these urban areas. I think you're definitely seeing some pullback already. Uh, you know, all the data shows that, and you're going to continue to see more. Uh, you know, there was a big gap between the high-end locations and the lower-end locations. I think that's going to compress as we look to the future. So in some of the uh, places, people were just paying a monstrous amount for it. I think those are going to come down. So you're definitely going to see some contraction, and that'll be, but that will be short-term. A few years down the line, you won't notice it, because one thing about real estate is there's only a limited amount of it, and there's plenty of uses for it. So if it's not a mall today, it's going to be an apartment building or a or an amusement park, something else tomorrow. So we have to look past the pandemic in that regard. In the near term, of course. Real quick, Walmart finally launching an answer to Amazon Prime, a membership service called Walmart Plus. It costs less than Prime, offers free same-day delivery from stores on orders of 35 bucks. What do you make of this? Walmart's giving them a run for their money, Amazon. Look, Amazon is the monster leader online. Walmart is a huge leader in bricks and mortar, particularly in grocery, where, from my opinion, Amazon bought the wrong grocer. You know, when they bought Whole Foods, they bought a niche player that had a high price reputation and didn't cover the country fully. So Walmart continues to be just the, the real winner in grocery. With this, they moved their grocery dominance from in-store and pickup, which has been very good for them, to home delivery where, again, they can keep pushing and pushing and pushing grocery so that Amazon is constantly looking for a way into that huge grocery market really hasn't been able to dent Walmart yet. So this is a, both a defensive and offensive measure on Walmart's part. I wouldn't sell either one of them short. It's a battle for the ages. So what do you see here? You see that they've done exactly what they wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, I know my mic is in. This isn't, uh, there is a hot mic. You can hear everything. There's nothing you can't hear. Um, you can also see me. So this isn't my, um, this isn't my setup. This was kind of like, I have to at least get on and give them what's important. Uh, give my audience what's important, what's important with the news, even though I can't, uh, put it, um, give you guys information, uh, that we've a team of us have been putting together. Um, it's all about finding paper trail. So how do you find paper trail in the digital age? We'll talk about that uh, once we get through the news, right? And consistency, yes, consistency matters. That's exactly what I said. They said, no, we need to work on this. And I said, no, I've got to at least g deliver the news for today, tell them what's going on, tell them how they're pushing these um, ideas, these, um, these insane, um, you know, I feel so bad because someone that would have watched that video and seen the news about Amazon rivaling Walmart and will Macy's, you know, survive, people are just, there's a camp of people, the majority of the people are probably thinking, well, they're suffering because of COVID, just like us. And that's not it. It was all the plan. It was a plan to remove these jobs 
to remove the actual tangible aspect of human communication and interaction and, you know, and actually going somewhere. Like how many of you actually like to go do your shopping? I do. And they're just lying. They're pushing this rather than say, hey, this was all part of the plan. I mean, Andrew Yang gave you that plan. This is, we're living through Andrew Yang's wet dream right now. They would never let him win, right? But they all implemented exactly what he said. Full control over your access to medications, your food, your water, everything. That's what's sad. That not a, little, not a lot of people get it. It is how they take away the ability for people to, to communicate. Human interaction is, is important. This is why, um, I'll tell you a funny story. So um, I remember I was in my um, immunobiology class. This, um, the professor was great. And... Uh, we were going through a few things and he told us a funny story how they can, they have created a nasal spray to make people fall in love. And I was thinking super weird. And apparently that when you hug someone, when you have that contact, not the, Ooh, I'm rowdy. Right. But the actual contact oxytocin is a, chemical that you release with human interaction and proximity. So, you know, I'm always a hugger um, to, to my friends or to those that I bring into my circle. Um, but it's just, it's something that is a biological response to acceptance and communication. And it's not a pheromone, okay, so much. I mean, in high doses, I mean can be but it's there for a purpose and to feel that connection and I, I know it's not the same thing I, I I remember asking him well what's the purpose then then you know what if you come into proximity with your enemy and he said that's what the smart thing is that enemies don't excrete it when they come close to you this is why some animals like people and some don't um, this is why sometimes children gravitate to people and some don't. It's a, it's a subtle biological response. And I was like, oh, okay. So if someone's your enemy, right, um, they won't be excreting that hormone. He told me that. I was kind of like, okay. But if he has a nasal spray, <laughs> kind of puts it there, you'll be like, oh. Um, so it's, it's, it's a communication. Remember, I've always said, if you look down to your core, you are just um, a bunch of atoms vibrating at a cer certain frequency. Uh, and and it, that give you the impression that you are a solid mass. And so everything between you and another person is also a bunch of atoms that resonate on a frequency. Uh, so when you come into proximity, chemicals can obviously interact. And that, and that's fascinating that they're trying, like I said, the mask for me 
was um, just dehumanizing people, kind of like that case, um, very scary case from England that I told you about where there were, yes, six feet apart. There you go. That's right. The the case in England where there were children, they call it the evil children. You guys should Google it. It was a terrifying story where there were young kids and they took a baby, it was their sibling, cousin, and they took it out to a railroad track. And in order to dismember it and cause it harm, like they had fun um, uh, torturing it, they had to throw paint onto the face of the child so they dehumanized it and that's and that's normal and p- this is why i say the 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 cyberspace actually provides a false sense of anonymity and that you know anything you do online doesn't have repercussions when in fact cyber wars are deadlier for humanity than um nuclear wars because in the nuclear war someone's going to survive somewhere i mean you've all seen that awesome show the 100 right they underground you know whatever but in a cyber war humanity will not exist to what it is today which is mind-blowing so this is something that you should keep your eye out on the fact that the businesses are now big big businesses even like walmart are trying to ship things uh, online and remove that. So let's go to the next piece of, um, well, interesting information. Let's um, get there. This is just the news cap for today. I'm telling you guys, we're working on something huge, and I do promise you I am working really hard. So first, I wanted to talk about Pelosi's visit to the salon. Now, that was super interesting. I loved it. I'm just saying. I just want to say I loved it. Now that that camera footage has been released, I wonder what will happen to the owner, right? Kenosha has been ravaged by anti-police and anti-American riots. Violent mobs demolished or damaged at least 25 businesses, burned down public buildings and threw bricks at police officers, which your police officers won't stand for and didn't stand for it. These are not acts of peaceful protest, but really domestic terror. Acts of domestic terror. Strong statement from the president there. We're going to bring in Mark Meadows, White House Chief of Staff, to comment on that. Mark, welcome to the show as always. So do you agree with the president's characterization of rioters as domestic terrorists? Well, without a doubt, you know, what a terrorist does is try to instill fear. And you uh, don't have to go any further than perhaps even the the roads just outside the White House here where we have uh, a number of these rioters. Okay, stop. Like, what's going on here, Fox? I'm just saying, like, didn't we say this yesterday? Didn't we uh, talk about domestic terror together? I mean, this was a clip supposedly for Pelosi, but... Didn't I explain to you what domestic terror is? Didn't I tell you that these people are committing acts of terrors by not allowing people to leave their home and feel safe? I mean, sounds like they're just repeating my show from, I think, yesterday uh, because we went through this whole thing, didn't we? Or am I just thinking that? Because... Domestic terror is a real thing. Terrorism is a really big thing. I mean, these people 
don't care if you live or die and they will beat you into submission they will freaking scare you to even walk out mm, i am a time traveler those that laugh obviously don't understand but in due time in due time in due time because shadowgate shifted and gave merit to the bigger picture but anyway listen to their definition sounds finally they're on board we've been talking about this for months but oddly enough yesterday we spent a lot of time discussing what domestic terror really means what terrorism really means trying to instill fear uh, just in everyday americans lives and so whether you see it here or as the president was talking about in Kenosha, Wisconsin, this is a president that has been very clear. He's going to do two things, make sure our communities are safe and that we have a secure future. And so he's addressing both of those as he did yesterday with the folks in, in Wisconsin. Uh, listen, the, the reception was unbelievable. It's amazing when you stand up for safer communities and support law and order, and more importantly, our law enforcement officers, uh, how uh, people of all parties uh, come together to in, in a united way to, to actually applaud that. All right, let's talk about coming together. Uh, you spoke to Nancy Pelosi yesterday, some type of uh, ne next rescue package. Can you tell us where you're at negotiation-wise? We know we're at that $3.4 trillion. You're at $1-plus trillion. She said she was going to cut a trillion off her request. What's the latest? Well, she still wants to spend half of the money on bailing out state and local governments. It, instead of sending the money to people, she wants to send almost $1 trillion to poorly run uh, Democrat cities across the country. Hey, can you, and, hey, Mark, and, and can I so, ask you something? Could, yeah, you, would you actually give money to them and say, hey, this is, this is the earmark. You have to spend it only on this and not on pension plans or on can you do that? We, we have proposed that, and actually we've given money for that, uh, over $300 billion exactly for that, to help state and local governments to make sure they meet the needs of the American people. The president has been very clear on that. And, and yet it's been the president who continues to reach out over and over and over again. And we agree on a lot of things. Let's go ahead and get a stimulus check into the, the hands of the American people. Let's do enhanced unemployment. Let's make sure that we have money for education education and K through 12. And let's make sure that we have money for small businesses. We agree on all of that. So let's go ahead and put a bill on the floor. Actually, the Senate Republicans are going to do that next week. But Nancy Pelosi continues to make sure that that she stands in the way of not just Republicans and Main Street uh, Americans, but even a lot of her Democrat members are, are asking her to come back to the table and negotiate in a meaningful way, which she's not. Speaking of Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, your former colleague across the aisle, uh, she's in the news uh, because uh, Fox News got some video of her on Monday afternoon in San Francisco. That's her in the smock. Uh, and she got her hair done at the e-salon, uh, even though uh, indoor personal care is banned in San Francisco since March. And there she is not wearing a mask. Uh, the owner said of it, it was a slap in the face that she went in, you know, that she feels that she can just go and get her stuff done while no one else can go in and I can't work. We're supposed to look up to this woman, right? It is just disturbing. And her spokesperson said she always wears a mask and follows the rules. And yet, Mr. Meadows, it <laughs> appears she did not. 
Well, listen, this is typical Washington, D.C. They get on national TV. They preach to the American people that it should be one way. And yet in private, when the cameras are not rolling, and in this case, I guess the cameras were rolling, it shows a very different story. It's the same thing, whether it's in San Francisco with her going into a salon or in the privacy of a negotiating room. It's time that she gets serious about helping the American people. The president has been willing to do that. In fact, the president is the only one in Washington, D.C. that's acted in the last four weeks. We invite her back to the table to hopefully help the American people. Who's cutting your hair, Mr. Meadows? <laughs> well, I can tell you it's a, a gal by the name of Kate. It's a shout out to her and uh, all the folks over there. She's uh, she's not only a great patriot, over but where? a great American from South Korea. <laughs> and where's the salon? Where's the barbershop? Oh, now now we're getting that we'll have all kinds of protesters come to my <laughs> salon. I think I'm going to pass on yeah. that. Good job not telling them. All right, Mark. Another topic that we've been covering this morning is that a D.C. committee has made recommendations to either remove, relocate, or contextualize a lot of monuments, statues, some of them on... I'm so tired of this. I, I am just so... T I'm sorry, guys. So you guys get to see my... I'm watching this with you. I haven't watched this. I've been very busy. And you guys are busy digging on names you've never seen before, right? So, um, you know, you get to watch me. I'm watching whatever you're watching for the first time uh, because I'm watching the news with you, okay? So what did, we, what did we get? So we got the Pelosi thing. Everyone's no big deal about it, right? And then we've got the whole, hey, we're going to be removing statues. <clears throat> we're going to be rewriting history uh, by erasing it and telling everyone what the real history is here. So I'm so tired of this. This media is is horrible. Let me, how do, how do I frame this? So it, we have the Second Amendment. Okay, this isn't about the Second Amendment, but I think it's the better way of putting it. We have our Second Amendment. So it would be against the law if we used our federal government to taint or distort or take away that right, correct? Right? We can't, we can't do this. So if the government was to infiltrate the music industry and say, no rap whatsoever, we're done, finished, but they don't tell you that they don't want rap music, Instead, what they do is they pay hundreds of millions of dollars to stop the music industry from producing rap music, okay? That would mean that the government used their money to do what? Take away freedom of expression. Your First Amendment, right? So I just want you to remember that example as things start to evolve this week. Mm -hmm. So that's, the, I just want you to remember that. Now, uh, ooh, I want to say so much. I want to say so much. Let's just say, I've said um, a few times that everything, did I just unplug this computer? I think I did. There we go. It's on. Everything um, is documented. So, for example, when I was tasked to remove passport data from the State Department, 
obviously someone else then came up behind me and replaced that data. Yes? That means, that means that there's probably no, no trace, right? It's like, now you see it, now you don't, now you see it again. So, will there be any evidence if they've wiped out evidence? Well, could be in a rugged drive, right? But how do you find the evidence? Well, one thing about code on computers is that you can't have a seamless seam. So let's pretend I want to delete someone. I want to delete um, Joe Schmo, delete him completely. And Joe Schmo is a cow farmer, has an outstanding loan of $30,000 that was originally $120,000. He's got four kids. He's paid off his mortgage, right? But I want to annihilate Joe Schmo, right? Straight shooter. So what do I do? Go into Joe Schmo, right? And then I change the debt on his mortgage, maybe increase it, maybe show he hasn't paid it. I will slot maybe some stuff in his juvenile, some random warrant somewhere that he probably never went to or maybe did and just slot it all in there. But delete things in order to slot that in wherever he had a gap. Mm. So when you do like a freedom of information request, It'll only give you what you have, what, wait, what the system has. But if you request the incidents, so mm, there's a report you can run that tells you incidents, like, not like, oh, we had an incident, this fell. It means an incident of, I logged in, I logged out. I access. This is how we track things uh, on things like Playground and Epic, uh, you know, on medical computers. I remember when um, I was um, shadowing for part of my unit um, in, um, it's called the IC class, whatever, um, uh, they trained us on the Epic computers on how to access patient data and whatnot. And they said that if you like go looking for information like on your relative, on a friend, on someone that you're not assigned to, it'll flag it. And it won't flag it. Well, obviously, it'll flag it with a big <laughs> red flag for people that, you know, look at um, incidents. So, I mean... There's incidents. You may delete something, but there's an incident. So this is something that we've been working on today. Incidents. So incidents are proof that things have been removed, edited, very similar to that for me. Wait a minute. There we go. Okay. Caught up. Bizarre when we're talking about 
incidents. <laughs> so um, quantum internet. It's just fancy math done at a higher level. Okay. And it's not the quantum internet. It's the actual quantum computing. <sighs> yeah. I had an incident. We're not, I'm not in the skiff, so makeshift. That's pretty interesting. Incidents. All right. Let's get to some incidents of domestic terrorists, which is um, kind of fun to watch them squirm, I'll tell you, because it's all coming to the surface now. All right. Let's see. Let's start with this. Wait, where is it? Where's my president? There he is. Take a listen. Lots of bad things were happening to this poor, foolish, very stupid mayor. All he has to do is call, and within 10 minutes, their problem will be over. As you know, they have to call us. They have to call and request help. All he has to do is call, and the problem will end. That was President Trump talking about Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, who says he is moving out of his home after weeks of protests outside of his condo building. Meanwhile, police are investigating the weekend shooting death of a supporter of the right-wing group Patriot Prayer. Matt Finn is live in Portland this morning for us. Matt, good morning. Sandra, this is the first days that we're not with that better? of yet another riot here in Portland. And Portland's mayor has now reportedly told his neighbors that he is moving out of his own home because of the damage and fear that riots and protests have brought to his neighborhood. This comes after a riot on Monday night in which police say demonstrators set fires outside the mayor's condominium tower and inside an occupied building, also burglarizing a business to use furniture for fuel. 19 people were arrested in an unlawful assembly outside of the mayor's condominium building that has 114 units. Portland's mayor writes in an email to his neighbors that it would be best for himself and everyone's safety and peace that he finds a new home, writing in part, I want to express my sincere apologies for the damage to our home and the fear that you are experiencing due to my position. It is unfair to all of you who have no role in politics or in my administration. And Oregon State Police now tell Fox News that it's working with the U.S. Attorney's Office to review arrests that its own state troopers made here in Portland to bring federal charges against potentially criminal rioters. Deputies have been assigned to Portland and new officers will continue to be assigned. They are being cross-deputized by U.S. Marshals. This basically means that state police can bypass Multnomah County's District Attorney Mike Schmidt who has chosen not to prosecute some of the demonstrators arrested for alleged criminal or violent behavior. In a statement, Oregon State Police write, OSP is not criticizing any officials, and we respect the authority of the district attorney, but to meet the governor's charge of bringing violence to an end, we will use all lawful methods at our disposal. And this morning, police continue to remain tight-lipped about a suspect in the death of 39-year-old Aaron Danielson who was shot dead in the streets of Portland Saturday. Local reports have identified the shooting suspect, but police will not confirm that shooting victim was believed to be a part of the conservative group Patriot Prayer that was in town for a pro-President Trump caravan over the weekend. Sandra. Matt Finn, live on the ground in Portland for us. Thank you, Matt. So they were down on the ground in Portland for us, giving us a load of nothing. Here's where the good stuff comes in. 
where the Portland mayor now decides that he needs to move to another neighborhood because, you know, he's special and all. And these are all peaceful protests. And he deserves better because he's the mayor that's allowing the city to burn to the ground. Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf says he's had enough of the lawlessness and riots in Portland, Oregon, telling Democrat Mayor Ted Wheeler he must prioritize public safety or the feds will have no choice but to come in and protect the city. Here's part of a fiery letter that he wrote. Quote, you have stood by passively arguing that the nightly violence will ultimately burn itself out. The evidence demonstrates otherwise. The chaos, destruction and suffering in Portland are evils you can stop and must stop. Just now, Ken Cudinelli with DHS. Mr. S uh, sir, uh, yeah. what kind of federal intervention are we talking about here? Federal troops in full battle gear or what? No, no, not troops. But this, I mean, this is a law enforcement failure and it's a law enforcement solution. So um, the, the first responsibility in these communities is state and local for policing. But we're seeing Portland intentionally not and willfully not police to the extent needed to stop the violence. And thus the secretary's letter to Portland um, and, uh, you know, we'd have to use uh, extraordinary, unfortunately, federal authorities that we've avoided doing to this point. Um, but uh, as the president has made clear and the secretary in his letter, all those options are on the table. And you compare it to Kenosha. We saw the formula for a quick stop to violence, and that was with a Democrat mayor and a Democrat governor. Partisanship shouldn't have anything to do with this. This is straight law enforcement. It's a simple solution, and Portland and Governor Brown refuse to implement it. Look, Kate Brown is such a liberal. It's it's horrific. I saw her at one point when I was um, in Oregon working for the um, my, a refugee community that she had uh, more than she did for the people. She invested a lot of time and money into that. And um, they're refusing to do their jobs. I mean, the police can claim, well, this is my job and I take orders from the mayor or the governor. But you also take an oath. And it's not just the police. It's the sheriffs. Like, people elect these people <laughs> to keep them safe. And they're just not doing it. They're refusing to do it. If I was sheriff there, I would have knocked on the mayor's door and said, yo, you're under arrest because you're screwing over all these people. You're letting them run wild. Who's paying you? To what account? Where did you open it up? In Jersey, not New Jersey. And you're in trouble now because since you can't do your job, I am arresting you for the people. Why haven't they done that? That means the sheriffs are a problem, too. And that's what they've done is treasonous to the people. If the person you elect is not your voice, then they need to go. And when the people that you've elected refuse to protect you when it's their job, they need to go. And if the sheriff that has more authority and can step in over the mayor when he oversteps his authority to perpetuate and allow to fester and in essence promote 
violence, death, and destruction. It is then their job to do it. So why haven't they done it? Who's paying them not to do it? Or is it back to that whole thing of self-preservation where, you know, I don't want any trouble. I have kids. I have a job. You know, I don't know enough on the matter. So I'm just going to just be really quiet and sit it out. That's the problem. This is why America is in this position. Because so many people have just put their head down and said, well, mm, you know, I'm just going to put my head down. Other people can deal with it. I got other stuff. This is, as I've said, the only quality that is the most loathsome of all. The, I'm not voting, or I won't take a stand. Because if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. And therefore, useless to your community, to your family, to your children, because your inability or not doing something, not half-ass doing something and saying, well, I did this, but I'm not doing what I really need to do, but I am contributing, just doesn't cut it. So that's one, okay? So that's, that's, that's one. Now, there, there's another. <laughs> Let's listen to Scalise. Now, he was good. Uh, okay. I saw this. Well, I didn't see it. I heard it when I was driving early this morning. So it is pretty good. Um, I was very impressed. Uh, let's take a listen here. I was referring to from Louisiana, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. Congressman, what do you make of President Trump's visit to Kenosha and the word salad from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Well, first, good morning, Doug, and good to be back with you and, and your panel. Uh, look, I think it was really good that the president went to Kenosha to stand with the people who want law and order, who who really are fed up with their Democrat leaders not protecting them, not providing the kind of safety in their communities. And interestingly, you got Joe Biden and Kamala talking about uh, divisiveness. Maybe they forgot to watch their whole convention. Uh, the Democrat convention was filled with nothing but divisiveness and hatred towards Donald Trump. That's not America. I, I was so proud of the Republican convention, which was focused on an uplifting message with President Trump's to done, done to fight for families, to fight for the forgotten men and women of this country, and to rebuild our middle class and, and include everybody in that growth and to get us through COVID so that we can rebuild that great economy back again. And uh, this is a great example of the president showing leadership going out. Uh, I was with him Saturday in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where he was standing with the people of Lake Charles who, who were just devastated and in the path of Hurricane Laura. And he committed to help us rebuild. He's committing to help the people of Wisconsin rebuild. That's what this president's about. He's a builder. He stands with people to, to protect their communities, uh, to stand with law enforcement as we do that, uh, and then to help rebuild these communities that these Democrat leaders are, are allowing to be devastated. Well, there was no mention of the the city violence to urban violence at the Democratic National Convention. And then after the RNC was let out, you had Senator Rand Paul confronted and threatened outside outside the White Brian House. Mass, and Congressman others. Brian yeah. Mass, who has, is, a, is a double amputee and a combat veteran and a Purple Heart recipient. You had elderly people targeted. And you yourself were nearly killed by a Bernie Sanders supporter. Okay, so she's um, still going down on all of these 
you know, talking points. Okay. I have to, they're, they're, they're waiting for me. So they're getting upset, <laughs> but we have to fully understand what's going on in Portland. So here we have the Democrat party. And again, I say this, this, let me, let me chill out for a second. Let me just take some coffee. Never done such a relaxed um, show before. Okay, so we have a party that has been promoting division, destruction, hate. And <clears throat> the overthrow of our government, openly. We have an enemy an enemy that we created in the 40s. And an enemy is to the people, right? Not to those that are promote, promoting this destruction, this mob rule, which is a facade, okay? But if you remember New Year's Day 2019, I told you that the biggest threat is AI in China. I mean, Shadownet is what was created for China. It was a weapon, and we gave it to them, and we sold it to the world. I mean, why does it take someone like me, who doesn't exist, who's an outsider, to have to, what is going on? To have to pull the pants down on the Chinese. I mean, I've showed you how they operate. I've showed you how they move. I've showed you how we created them. So if a person like me doesn't exist and I'm a complete and utter outsider, how and why can't anyone that's on the inside Someone that's been taking your tax dollars to buy their home, to buy their car, to buy their really oddly made coffee. Why didn't they come out and tell you this? Why aren't they coming out to tell you this? There's many reasons. First reason is they're scared to die. People joke about it, about our canicide. They do. But I already know I've got eight years left, per se. They will destroy you. They already did that. They will make you destroy yourself. And they can't do that. They try. You know, Ming blew his brains out on his front lawn. Remember when I talked about him? Lee is sitting in Leavenworth in a prison, right? Is he in Leavenworth? I don't know. He was in... Virginia somewhere. These are all people. Well, not Ming. Lee, yes. Lee actually wanted to be that whistleblower. But then he decided to go for the simple life, but kept insurance way too close. You never keep tangible insurance. It should be right there. These people will stop at nothing. You're, 
you know, I told I, I knew that this was going to happen, that they would flip on our president. You saw them all. Look at what they're doing to our first lady. Oh, I'm going to shame you for this and that. Look at all these people coming out. Wait till you see the people on your TV. They are the virus. The virus is just another deployment of ShadowNet. And, you know, when the people actually find this out, they're going to be pissed. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are going to be pissed with the president. And hopefully you understand how this infodemic was believed to be an actual pandemic. The virus is real. The flu is always real because it's, it's never, you know, viruses are created within your body. It's real. But it's not what they said it was. Could you be mad at the president when a weapon like ShadowNet was deployed globally? How do you fight that? How do you fight something people can't see or know exists? How do you fight it? You know, mm, here's just a little hint. Because the USA Today, um, okay, I had much to, to say. USA Today had complained a while back about something. That's why I like USA Today. And maybe this is why they didn't take the low-life route, right? Because they're, they do good journalism. You're going to see this, even though shouldn't have done that, because now I could say, hmm, doesn't sound right. This sounds super wrong. But put it this way. You baked a pie. And you bought apples from a farm. Okay? And these apples are what, necessi- what are necessary to make this pie. And you've been making this pie and doing this pie. And then suddenly, the apples that you are getting are no longer apples. They look like apples, but they're actually pears. And you tell the world about it. But nothing's done. Decades later, you're still using pears that are looking like apples and someone else comes out and says, here's how they're making the apples look like pears. Here's how they're doing it. And then the original person that had said this says, ew, conspiracy theory. So... Yeah, like like the fiat currency. So you'll see. I mean, I can't say, darn it, I want to say so much, but we've been really busy. You know that. You've got enough out there to go on all these state-level people to go see what's happening. I mean, they haven't, not all of them. There's so many more. You got to look into, I'll give you some. Oh, see, off the top of my head. December 31st, 2016, U.S. Marshal Paul, gosh darn it, what's his name? His first name is Paul, resigned. October 2016, his deputy U.S. Marshal was convicted for kitty diddling and child pornography. So that's one you haven't heard about. 
Uh, let's see. State legislators. Off the top of my head, damn it. Can we talk about... <coughs> excuse me. Um, the Human Rights Council. What's his name? Jacob? What was his name? The one that was raping babies? That worked with... Um, Hillary Clinton's campaign. Schwartz. Jacob Schwartz. That's it. You remember him? How he was talking to a cop, talking about wanting to get with babies, right? That's that. Oh, my mask. Hold on. Let me get it for you. Um, let's get my back out. I trigger a lot of people with this mask when I have to go out. <laughs> so there's... um. There are a lot of people that people should be looking at. Um, and people aren't. Because they don't want you to see. They don't want you to see how Adam Schiff's in a lot of trouble with his friend, Ed Buck. Damn. What else? I'm, trying to, I'm also looking at the door because it's like I feel like they're... Um, to get me out of here. Um, what's that guy's name? It'll come to me. Doesn't matter. It's not really relevant. The names will come. Some of them are in Congress right now and in the Senate. One of them has a mustache. I won't say the name. I want to. But I won't. It wouldn't be right. So... Digressing. Let's go back. So, Scalise is saying and talking about how the left is trying to fracture the conservative group. Huh, sounds like we talked about that. Sounds like I told you how many infiltrators are here. So, you should listen to Mr. Scalise right now and see how he feels about this and what he, the man that almost got shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter, is telling you what we've been talking about. So how does the rhetoric about you have a president dividing the nation and it was all kumbaya until he was uh, elected, how does that really resonate? Yeah, it's not resonating and I think that's why you're seeing Joe Biden come out in the basement to try to act as if he now wants to say something positive uh, about where where our law enforcement officers are when he was sitting on the sidelines and, and allowing this kind of hatred towards law enforcement go forward. Uh, you know, look, I mean, I think people get what's going on. They know that Donald Trump stands up for law and order, and he's been vocal against the violence from the beginning. In fact, he reached out to those Democrat governors and offered them assistance, said, We'll, we'll be happy to send in federal help. But the problem is that these governors and these mayors said they don't want the federal help. And these are all supporters of Joe Biden. It's, it's not happening in, in these in Republican-run states. Frankly, it's not happening in a lot of Democrat-run states. It's only a select few states that okay. are allowing this, this mob rule. Hold, and, on. Uh, Hold on. Think about this. Why would these Democrat states not want assistance to stop what's going on? Because if you if you... Watch how these investments go. 
how the money flows. Remember, we have someone running for vice president that funded to get these domestic terrorists out of jail, right? Remember the superstars? Wasn't it, um, was it Justin Bieber? Or no, it was Justin Timberlake. They told his fans, go and donate. We need to get these brave people out because they're doing a service to the United States of America. The service is burning down the cities, terrorizing people, making sure people don't want to leave their house unless they're there to take care of people that love America. I mean, an airline um, is allowing Black Lives Matter masks, but not American flag masks but they want our federal dollars. Yeah, I don't think so. And so these are the people that are allowing these governors, these mayors are allowing this to perpetuate for multiple reasons. One, they're part of it. Two, they want to create a state of emergency so that they can get money to cover deficits. You know, remember de Blasio, William, whatever, his wife has stolen New York city taxpayer dollars right? With her stupid fake facade of a setup, somebody's got to find that money. Like, where is it? And with a city that's broke and tapped out, an emergency gives you tons of money and you could just cover that up. That's how it is. Chicago wanted the same thing. Lightfoot's, you know, Beetlejuice, her light feet are not fireproof. <laughs> so she's going through some things because she's got a lot going on in her state. Um, Oregon's the same. You would think, you know, Portland, how rich they are in as a forest valley. Netflix is there. Intel is there. Nike is there. So, one, how are they broke? Two, why are they allowing this to happen? Why would huge corporations let that stuff happen? And wait a minute, why aren't they going to the campuses to burn that down? Why are they going to impoverished areas? Oh, and the mayor was very upset, wait, hear this, that people came to his house. So now, the mayor needs to move because the mayor is terrified that um, people are going to kill him in his house. So he needs to move and find a new place to live. And it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean move? I mean, why, why do you get to move again? Oh, because people rioted outside your house? Because you have allowed people to burn their homes down because you have allowed them to annihilate everything and now people are coming to your doorstep and saying, hmm, what's going on here? And you're feeling uncomfortable? Here's what you can do, Mr. Mayor, is no one's going to pay for your move. You need to resign and let some real American run that place. Someone that loves their city. Someone that won't give massive tax breaks to Intel and Nike and Netflix and all these other companies that are there mooching off of the area of Forest Valley while the inner city gets burned down to the ground and they want to 
take out federal buildings. Like, how does that even make sense? Just think about it, you guys. We have a bunch of people that are angry, burning down federal buildings because it stands for authority and the police can't do anything. I mean, think about it. Look at the madness of the narrative that they're pushing. I mean, you saw Rand Paul walking down the street and they were, can't her name, it's Miana too. It's like, stop. He's the one that wrote the bill about that. Like, why are you yelling at him? Like, why don't you go to Pelosi who didn't like, you know, why don't you go to Senator Hoven or other porn stash dudes? Why don't you go to them? Why are you going to the guy that wrote the bill? It's because they don't care. They don't care. They don't even know. Most of them are just paid to do this, agitate and terrorize. They want to make sure you stay there. Like Maxine Waters said, this is the point. Terrify them so they don't come out. Listen to what Scalise says about this. And President so. Trump stands up against it. Joe Biden was silent until he saw the poll numbers slipping away from him. And, and then he's been trying to play some kind of tacit game on both sides. You can't play both sides of this issue. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin saying that he's ready to reach a deal with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on a new COVID-19 stimulus bill. Congressman, how soon do you, can we get any kind of bar, bipartisan agreement? I think the number thrown out by Mark Meadows yesterday was maybe in the half a trillion dollar range rather than three or two trillion. You know, Doug, and this is an area where there's been a lot of bipartisan support to help small businesses and families through this tough time. Uh, it seems like every time that, that there seems to be an idea, everybody coalesces around. Nancy Pelosi just throws things on the table, like bailing out the failed states that had multi-billion dollar deficits prior to COVID. And it's non-starters, things that, that she knows aren't going to happen. They were trying to force mail-in ballots and taking away a state's ability to require picture ID, which is something that protects the integrity of the vote. That's not going to happen. Look, there's over $500 billion of unspent money out there, including $130 billion in the Paycheck Protection Program. Let's make that more flexible to help families, to help small businesses. Steve Forbes. Uh, Congressman, uh, mail-in balloting, uh, that's already beginning to get underway. Uh, what can be done, especially in swing states, to uh, ensure integrity here? Do we have unrealistic deadlines, or is it just something we're just going to have to throw our hands up in the air and hope for nothing bad happens? Can justice do anything? Can the party have poll watchers the equivalent of? I know for, Facebook's uh, the, throwing money ballots? at them, so what I don't know. What can be done to ensure integrity here? Yeah, I, you know, I know a lot of us are concerned about the integrity of the vote when you look at uh, what the speaker was trying to do of, of literally forcing states to mail ballots to people on the rolls, including people who are on the rolls illegally. Every state will tell you. Uh, they've got tens of thousands minimum people on their rolls illegally, whether it's people moving around or people who don't follow the rules registering. Uh, you don't want those ballots to literally millions of ballots just to be floating around out there. I mean, that was be ripe for voter fraud. See, I, I don't know story. if Steve Scalise, okay, obviously he's in a hotel. <laughs> you guys can't see the video because this isn't my setup and I couldn't give the authorization to share. Um, but... Facebook just threw $300 million to help elections. <laughs> Who wants to take bets that this stuff is going to land into some lap of, I don't know, mail-in ballots, right? Or something like that. It's just so bizarre. And the fact that he's talking about 
these people being on voter rolls that shouldn't be. I know that for a fact. I've been talking about it since 2015 and even earlier than that. Because even if you're a, a, a legal alien, when you get a driver's license, they pop you on the voter roll and you're just like, you already know from their social security number if they're legal that they cannot vote. Why don't you just exclude non-U.S. citizens from the printout of the voter roll? Oh, that would make it too easy, of course, right? It would be way too easy to just click and say exclude. That's how simple it is. They make it more complicated than it is. I went to a secretary of state and said, dude, what are you doing? Like, you get this, your system. I talked to him like this guy's a dinosaur. His name is Al Yeager. I went to him in 2016 and said, your DMV records have non-U.S. citizens on them. When you put them on the system for a driver's license, their social security number tells you if they're legally here um, and if, they can, if they're American citizens or not. It is an identifier. So I said to him, these elections that are coming up with Hillary Clinton, why don't you just have your DMVs that print these voter rolls out? Click the fucking button that says exclude it. Exclude non you uh, You know, that's like a title for... I didn't say give them a yellow star. No one's going to see it. You're printing this stuff out. And he threw title four. And I was like, do you know what that even means? Like, is this Twilight Zone stuff? Like, how is this even happening? I told him that. I told him that again and again and again. And then there was finally a person named Gardner who was running for Secretary of State. And so Al Yeager, who's been in for like 26 years, and his buddy Wayne Stencham, who's AG for 20 years, tag team and found some old case buried in the bellies of some court and embarrassed the shit out of him in front of the whole world, so his kids everything and poof there he goes gone see that's what they do they cancel people disgusting people cancel people why because he did something a little bit pervy what so you haven't <laughs> like ollie <laughs> throwing passes at dudes that don't want him i could i got videos if you want but i'm not like that see i'm classier so that's what they do. That's what dirty people do. They pull out those that actually want to make a difference. So the elections have always been dirty. With a simple export button, they could have done it. So how do we fix it is the question. By demanding things. By demanding things. Uh, someone said, okay, so your girlfriend who works at the DMV, correct, they can't ask because it could be seen as discrimination, especially in sanctuary city, sanctuary states. I was not on a motorcycle. That's why my hair is not this um, freaky. Um, so I'll tell you what, they can't ask because they can actually be sued for discrimination in certain places. But the system itself, when you put it in, I'll tell you, here's, here's a weird one. When I first moved to North Dakota, uh, I had wanted to change my driver's license. And so I went to change my driver's license um, and put my new address in 2016. 
Well, no, it was, yeah, 2016. So I went, I gave it to them and I was like, Hey, could you like, this is like my birth certificate and stuff. This is like my, my stuff. All my records have been changed to this. And I think it was like a typo because maybe they use autocorrect or something else more nefarious. Can we fix that for me? They're like, sure, we can. Like, nah, 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 nah. And so I'm like, am I not going to take a picture? They were like, it did. And some dude pops up. And so they want to give me a license that has a dude's face on it. And I'm like, okay, so do I look Honduran to you? Uh, that guy has no eyebrows. I have a unibrow. What is going on here? Yeah, so, you know, sometimes when people have issues with identities, they do this. Guys, I went to New York. I tried to get a original copy of my heart. I had to have my mother go and get it. It was the most difficult thing. I've talked about this before. So on the system, they've got a shit ton of information. Shit ton of information. So you don't have to ask someone, are you an illegal alien? Are you a legal alien? Or are you a U.S. citizen? That comes up by itself. You can click to exclude. So they don't want to. That's the point. So that is the problem. I'm Filipino lady boy license. No, that guy looked weird. His face was like this round. He had like hardly any. It looks like he shaved it. He had like some tattoo on his neck. I was just like, took me forever. I think I got my driver's license finally chained over like two years later after like going to the Social Security Administration and, you know, doing a lot of things. It was like 2018, 2019 that finally I got um, things in order-ish. But yeah, they do that because they share information on different systems. So it happens all the time. Because I was like, do I look like a dude to you? Like seriously? Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Look at my license. It does not have that picture. How come the other state didn't write? Yeah, maybe they're not connected. I was just like, whatever. Whatever. So I'm just going to be driving around illegally. And I did. And thank God I wasn't stopped. Okay, last bit here that I want to leave you with because I really have to get to work and I know that they're already upset um, that I had to stop everything. Let's just, let's just listen to this club quickly. We just had a report that the mayor, Ted Wheeler, is moving out of his own house right. and going elsewhere because his neighborhood is under threat. Have you had a response from Mayor Wheeler to the letter sent from DHS threatening federal intervention? Not yet. We have not yet. He's probably busy picking out real estate agents. But, um, oh, you know, oh, this is, this oh, is, uh, Mr. Secretary. Robert yes, Sanchez, well, uh, that's my natural state of being. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it also was only sent recently. So he has a history of responding to these things. And, um, look, reality is going to catch up at some point. They've got to start doing the right thing. You've got a governor who has over 7,800 National Guardsmen at her disposal. She hasn't used one of them. And even Mayor Wheeler asked Governor Brown, to bring in the National Guard in June, but he comes out and defends violence and defends Antifa and the Antar anarchists, um, even as they attack his own uh, yeah. condominium complex. Is, there are reports that this is a well-funded operation, um, that 
that there's somebody behind all of this. There's an organization behind all of this, that the rioters are being paid, uh, the gear that they're using is being paid for. Are you close to finding out who is really behind this? Well, I'm not prepared to say we're close. I will say there are hundreds of investigations running across the country, federal investigations running across the country that include those sorts of questions. And uh, we also have, of course, legislators on Capitol Hill asking those sorts of questions as well. And as some of those committees start to look at this, they'll have a different set of authorities to bring to bear. But, I mean, hundreds of people have been arrested here. They have. Is anybody talking? I understand that one person was arrested in three different places. Yes, and they drop. Here's the thing. So he's asking if anybody's talking. Why? I mean, Millie Weaver... Are amazing. Okay, so we have this one person who I don't even know how this one person does it. Because I would be slitting my wrists watching the garbage that they put and pretending I am a liberal that is that insane. So we already know who's funding them, how much money. I mean, I've showed you the videos. Millie Weavers put together the reports. Remember, we had the picture of Ocasio doing this. Remember that? Um, So we already know all the organizations, all the different domestic terror groups, where the money's coming from, how it's going. I mean, you and me were right here when someone was like, well, what bank do I go to? And I said, anything but Bank of America. That's because I can't say much. And, you know, people were like, well, why don't you just tell us? Truth has been in your face for years and you can't see it. I can't make you see something that your eyes can't let you see. You need to be able to see it. Because then you get into these pockets of nasty. That's how it happens. You know, I mean, I've already told you. And I asked Matt Whitaker about it too, didn't I? Blackmail is the most amazing currency. So, I think I even said it in the movie Shadowgate, didn't I? So, uh, I did ask Matt Whitaker. I said, since we know blackmail is like the best currency, what steps do we have to prevent it from being used. And, oh, I haven't heard of that. Remember that? Listen to that. Listen to that interview. It was at the end. Mm? It was at the end. And like I said, there's a lot out there. I mean, even one of my haters did it for a living. Man, a lot of people say that I'm Portuguese. Totally not. General Flynn will be fine. They're dragging their feet. Trump Flynn 2020. And you know what? I've said this before. You know, the first time I tweeted it was back in 2017 when I was <laughs> right after I saw Pence fly to Minot. I was like, no, you just didn't do that, did you? Ooh. I was like, yep, I'm on board. And then when I saw that Pence had created this pack, I was like, with Theranos board member that went to the Bilderbergs and hangs out with Kissinger. What the fuck? And so. 
Yeah, maybe it's like just um, we're having a data dump, sort of. Sort of. So we're going to have a really big one. See, without saying much, Shadowgate was an introduction. And it triggered a lot of people. We saw generals and admirals and contractors run scared and take their pages down. And then what did they do? They came out and fell into support right behind Joe Biden. Shadowgate 2. Now, this is where the dangerous stuff comes out. So, what I would ask from all of my listeners, watchers, is pray for all of us. We will be... Banging it out as soon as possible. And um, and I want to say something that kind of struck me today, just on like a more personal note. All the news that you're watching right now, today, are fillers. It's a filler. It's hump day, right? It's a filler. The one thing that they told you, though, is that they're closing down retail businesses, which is a big deal because now it's going to be a big gap between the mom and pop shops and retail. There's not going to be any in between uh, middle classes being eradicated and keeping us apart. Now, I know a lot of you like me want to punch your faces in <laughs> and you're upset. <clears throat> you're very upset. But my daughter said something to me early this morning that shocked me. She said, okay, mom, do you feel duped, upset, and angry, and hate? But sometimes you have to, you've told, she said, you've told me that love is the same thing as hate. We just charge it differently. And she's like, so why don't you just feel love in the sense of pity for those that do these bad things? And, you know, I thought to myself, we've talked about this before. How much pain, you know, no matter how much, I'm such a hypocrite. Because when I see these dildo waivers and, you know, I have a video on my Instagram where it shows the before and after liberalism I feel like such a hypocrite so many times because it's like I sit there, I laugh at them, I want them arrested, I want them punished. But they're in so much pain. Could you imagine being them, waking up and being so angry with the world, uh, waking up so, I mean, just with so much hate and wanting to kill and eradicate people and silence people and terrorize people. It really makes you think, you know, um, like it must really suck. I'm just saying it must really suck. I mean, I have friends that have died to heroin use friends. And I remember one of my friends that I hadn't seen for a while came up to me and she smelled like death, you know, because apparently 
you know, she wasn't very good with hygiene. So gorgeous. Such a beautiful woman. And she just hit me up for money. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, imagine waking up every morning. It's like a drug, right? The, the hate. Imagine of waking up every morning and just looking for your next fix. That's how I interpret these, the, the people, the Trump derangement syndrome, the people that hate America. That's how I imagine it, as if it's an addiction to anger and evil. Because, you know, there's so many people that preach about good, yet all that comes out of their mouth is everything but that. So I'm, I'm just, just putting it out there. Um, yeah, dopamine, but yeah, it is like a drug, the rush that you get from being charged. Right. But I feel like, um, even though I told you be aware and see who flips on the president and on the conservative movement, because I've said it before, there's no point in putting out a list because it's massive and you're going to be like sitting like this. What the fuck do I do now? Where do I go? Just, just listen to yourself. You're smart enough. You're smart enough to, 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 to use a computer, uh, to eat, to buckle your seatbelts. So you can obviously discern things. Just listen to your president. I mean, he tells you everything he needs, you need to know. And coming from someone that has seen a lot of blackmail in her life, I could tell you they got diddly squat on him. So they can't control him. I mean, they tried, but they can't. So, um, Tomorrow should be very interesting. Tomorrow should be very interesting. Uh, pay attention to your um, secondary nervous system that is um, independent from the rest. Oh, dear. Independent from the rest. And, and feel it. it. Feel your gut. What does it tell you? I mean, there's many of you out there. Just feel your gut. So sorry for the kind of impromptu. The news is what today? Filler. And that they're shutting down retail. They don't want people to be in stores anymore. They said that they're going to turn malls into doctor's offices and amusement parks. They're already went And, and, I like malls, don't you? Mall of America is awesome. I hope uh, some of you at one point ever go there. Make sure you stay at the blue hotel that's inside the mall if you're ready for shopping and do it because there won't be any more. Everyone's moving it online. So um, that's the news. They're killing retail shopping. Mall of Somalia. Yes, that one. So... On that note, I am going to let you guys go because everyone's complaining. And it's all their fault because I waited for all these people to just come into the picture. But whatever. I wasn't going to leave you guys hanging. So remember, they're trying to get rid of retail. They're trying to cover deficits with these mob things. We have to go pray. Or however you find your peace. And um, go digging on all that blackmail. It'll be interesting. Maybe you can find stuff in your own state. <laughs>
Who knows? On that note, <laughs> God bless everyone. See you guys tomorrow on time at 12. I won't be late. I, I may actually have some fun videos for you. Leave me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your